do the intro. What up, world? It's your boy, Gator C, with Activated Performance Radio, the podcast for power lifters who jerk off, and lonely bodybuilders also. I would have stopped listening if I was a listener. Yeah. So, <laughs> we literally had the best episode in history ever recording. You're lying. Because it was just Cole and I. You're lying. And then Miata got home, and the dogs barked, and the door slammed, and... It just got ruined. You didn't tell me. You should have, like, put a sock on the door or something. A sock on the door? Yeah. So you thought Cole and I were having sex? I mean, it would have kept me out of the house. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Gay incest isn't really incest. Really? No. Okay, like, it's like... It's only gay if you're not related. (laughs) Two wrongs make a right? Exactly. (laughs) Perfect. Like, double negative. Like, if you turn left three times, you turned right. Okay. So three, we need a third wrong. Or third left. What if you... Add bestiality? <laughs> yeah, the dogs were involved. Uh, this makes me uncomfortable. Okay, so. <laughs> back to topic. Well, what's the, what were you guys... Do you guys want to like talk about what you talked about before I got home? Well, what were we talking about before we got home? I can't remember. You can't remember. We told you like seven times. Oh, well, I was putting the groceries away. Miata never listens. I listen. She does not listen. You just don't enunciate. I don't feel I have a speech impediment, Miata. Yeah. Do not make fun of my disability. I didn't. You just did. I don't think that was making fun of it. You enunciating your words properly offends him. Exactly. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Slur your speech, please. I don't think I know how. I don't think I know how. I don't know how. Okay, this podcast sucks. This one's really good. I'm having fun. Okay. Yeah. So, anywho. Okay. The planned topic was getting jacked. Okay. And how to modify your training intent to enhance your jackedness. So we're talking about getting jacked. We're like taking apart everything except for training. Is that what we're talking about? Well, just training in the sense of getting jacked. Not talking about nutrition or anything else. No, just, yeah, training. Just training. Okay. And getting jacked. Yes. On and off. Jacked on and off. On and off. Okay. And Cole's been doing a lot of getting jacked on these last couple of weeks. Yep. So... I think the in my conclusion in the last week or two is that the most important part of training isn't like progressive overload. Well, I guess I don't even want to go there. But I think what I've changed the last couple of weeks is just training to make sure that I what do you we want? I was gonna say like training to enhance the effect of progressive overload. And making progressive overload more measurable and realistic to the outcome. Yeah, because... Can we finish my point? Okay, go. So, (laughs) basically what I've been trying to do is make sure that I'm using the muscle that I'm trying to use and, like, squeezing it with intent and not just, like, using favorable leverages to, like, lift a certain weight. And I think in the past I've gotten too caught up in, uh, like, just trying to hit a PR every session and, like, thinking that if I lift more weight I then got stronger and progressed and will have then have bigger muscles but that will not be the case if I change the way I do the lift and like change the muscles that I'm using so the big thing I've noticed in the last couple of weeks is that I'm like my back has grown like a lot just in like, a couple of weeks Cole has gone from micro lats to macro lats in a matter of weeks like it's actually been insane and what have you done differently well, exactly what I was just talking about is that 
I make every rep the same, and I make sure I actually squeeze it up, and I don't just, like, throw it up. Because, like, before, like, when you try to put weight on the barbell, like, you were progressively overloading the barbell, but are you actually progressively overloading the work that the lats are doing? No. Like, I was up to, like, four plates doing barbell rows, but I took a video of myself and I was like, dang, this really isn't a barbell row. It's like a stiff leg deadlift with a little jerk at the top slash, like, reverse curl. And it's like, that's not a barbell row. Like, I like them for power lifters for the purposes of bringing up your deadlift and bringing up your squat reversal because doing that kind of row and catching at the bottom and reversing out of it is going to be tremendous for reversing a squat. It is going to be tremendous for building the back strength to break a heavy bar off the floor. But if you're trying to grow your lats... You're not growing your lats there. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, so then if once you make every rep the exact same and you make sure you're actually using your lats, then you can progressively overload that and just like slowly, steadily keep every set the exact same, looking the exact same. And like you just go, when you, you just go until you can't go anymore and then your set's done. Like don't change your form really. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even comes back to like the definition of failure. So like if you're extending your set and you're getting more reps by going shittier it's like those reps probably weren't better for the intended goal right just created more fatigue or something burn more calories and it's like people want to get so caught up in the mechanical tension matters for hypertrophy but then they're thinking about like the external force applied to the barbell and that does not equate to the internal force within the musculature and what matters in terms of hypertrophy is not the mechanical tension in terms of how hard you're pushing the bar but it's the mechanical tension within the muscle at the fiber level. And you're going to get that by putting the workload into the intended place and then getting that place to contract hard. Right. So like a little step-by-step and how you would actually do that is like a really easy example would just be like a bicep curl. So like if you just have your arm straight, no weight in your hand, and you just try to flex your bicep, you should be able to like squeeze your arm up, like just flexing your bicep, not actually trying to move your hand really. Just squeeze your bicep until you get like your hand to be up near your shoulder. And that like squeezy, burny feel in your bicep is basically what you should be trying to reproduce in like every muscle group every time you train it. And like And if you Go ahead. And if when you're doing a bicep curl and you actually use weight while you're doing that and you kind of lose that feeling, you're probably using too much weight. You're probably gonna end up using momentum to lift the weight rather than the muscle actually like ratcheting itself up with the myosin and the actin. And if you use momentum, the muscle ain't working. Yeah. And it's like, if we look at the studies that are done on mind-muscle connection, the only body part that has been shown valuable for is the biceps. And it's like, you could somehow make an argument saying that, well, that means mind-muscle connection is useless everywhere else and we don't need to worry about it. But if you look at who the study's done on, it's like they're doing it on idiot college kids. And it's like to try to get mind-muscle connection and body parts other than your bicep, it's a skill and it takes time, it takes practice. So it's like, if the kids don't know how to contract their hamstring, of course you're not gonna see a measurable difference in mind-muscle connection's effect on hamstring growth. But every fucking idiot in the gym knows how to contract their biceps, so of course they're gonna be able to develop mind-muscle connection. So of course there is statistically significant change in hypertrophy at the bicep when we use mind-muscle connection. It's just that the subjects in the studies are idiot kids who don't know how to contract shit, so no wonder their stuff that they didn't know how to contract didn't grow when they tried to contract it because they weren't contracting it well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Think critically about research and research conclusions because if we don't think, we can then become a dork who just says that stuff doesn't matter when it 
definitely potentially still can. Right. And it's like on the other side of it too, like there's all of these nerds that want to talk about how sensation doesn't always equate to stimulus and like all that matters is the weight of the barbell. But then it's like, the nerds that say that are jacked. Yeah. Arnold was right. The mind-muscle connection matters. <laughs> and it's like, even if you look at like someone like Jordan Peters, who is the guy that pumps heavy training and heavy progressive overload, he is so fucking precise with his intent when he's getting heavier. Like, like yeah, he, he's he said he says that he doesn't focus on the feeling really, but I think that like since every rep for him looks the exact same, that like if like the feeling the muscles in there like I, he still did it the exact same. Like, and that's how he's able to do it. It's like that's a skill that's built over years and years and years, and you're only gonna get to that skill by actually being very, 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 very deliberate with your work. I was wondering if you're gonna put more varies in there. Were you I, thinking about it? I forgot the word deliberate. So, so it's just, just like buying time. So I was repeating varies until I could come up with the word I was looking for. Yeah. But then with all that said, what do you think of like Ronnie Coleman and Branch Warren, like their training looks very different from Jordan Peters. They're kind of like if you've seen them do like seated military press, they're just kind of like pumping it like from like their nose to like slightly above their eyebrows. But I guarantee you, they're flexing their delts to pump it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like it looks, even though like the range of motion isn't the same, they're still like Branch still talks about he's putting the work in his delts. Yeah, like he's flexing his delts to move the barbell. So as long as he's flexing his delts, the mechanical tension is still going to be there, just not through full range of motion. But then also, if you look at Branch's stuff, like he's doing a fuck ton of reps in that little range, so time and retention is still going to be relatively high for sets. Yeah. So. I feel like some people are going to be, I don't say confused, but like to play devil's advocate a little bit, there are quite a lot of powerlifters that train like powerlifters who look like bodybuilders. But I feel like a lot of the powerlifters who look like bodybuilders are doing a lot of accessory work in the style that we're talking about. Exactly. And it's like, if you're a powerlifter, the whole goal of powerlifting is to literally use the least amount of muscle per pound on the bar possible, mm-hmm. because the less muscle you can move to, or use to move a pound of barbell weight, the more barbell weight you can move. And it's like the goal of powerlifting is to be as efficient put, as possible, right? Put force in the barbell, not put force in the muscles, and to be efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's like if we are on the platform or if we're doing a competition lift. Yeah, don't fucking try to contract your pecs to bench. Just bench the bar in the most efficient way possible. But then at the same time, to be a better powerlifter, you want to have as much muscle as possible so that you can be as efficient as possible in using the amount of muscle that you've got. So it's kind of like this, like, like caveat you, of, like, you want to be as efficient as possible in your powerlifting movements, but then in, when you're doing your accessory movements or your stuff that's, you know, specifically to, to put on muscle or to, like, get stronger in a specific area then you do need to be like working on actually contracting muscle groups absolutely and i talked about this a little bit in my lecture today mm-hmm. why my lectures they're fucking sweet with my max effort work and my dynamic effort work i am focused on putting force into the barbell mm-hmm. but with my secondaries and with my accessories my main focus there is using the least amount of barbell weight possible to put as much work on the desired tissue as possible mm-hmm. so it's like when i'm training front squats it's very rare that i go above three plates because if I put front squats in the right spot and if I load my front squats with the right intent, I can absolutely murder my quads and my adductors, which is what I want to build with a deep, narrow front squat. And I don't need a ton on the bar to do that if I am extremely deliberate with my positioning, my sensation, and my intent. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes, we need to move the weight on 
our main work to be able to move weight. But if we want to get more out of our second years and accessories, we need to put the load where we want to put the load to actually get the effect. Because mm-hmm. it's like, if I just front squat like an asshole and don't load my quads and don't load my adductors, I can move a lot more weight, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to actually be a better squatter for it. Yeah. So. So, like, kind of moral of the story when it comes to powerlifters is just understand the intent of the exercise that you're doing. If you're trying to move as much weight as possible, be as efficient as possible. If you're trying to put on muscle mass or get stronger in an area, then yeah, focus on squeezing, be and, specific, be deliberate. And like if you're trying to grow your triceps, but like you're throwing your whole body into it, mm-hmm. like yes, you can probably move more on the stack on a push down, but it's like, what are you actually doing? Like you want to stabilize your torso as much as possible to put the work in the actual tricep, right? Right. Like I think a good example of that at our gym would be Daniel Tinajero. Like he's a powerlifter and like when I was first there I was like how the heck is he so jacked like literally all he does is like bench like one rep at a time with like it's like 700 pounds but I'm like how is he so jacked from that but then I realized that like his accessories and then I'm like and then he goes and does like two accessories and they look like super like for me from my like outward looking perspective like looking from the outside it looks like he's like basically not trying because it looks like so lame and like unintense but it's like because he's doing it with like such intent, I think he's doing like his side delt raises, which is why he has those like cannonball shoulders, kind of thing. So Daniel, if you're listening, read between the lines. Cole is calling you a pussy. <laughs> but he thinks you have cannonball delts, so. Yeah, so he's kind of like he's kind of like nagging you then to hit on you just to try to work his way further in there. Sure. Cole has given up on women. He's now moving into the jacked dudes of the gym. That's a lie. Is it a lie? Yes. But, like, kind of what I was trying to get into there with, like, talking about, like, stabilizing the torso in relation to the limb is the whole, like, idea of proximal stability creates distal mobility falling into the things that people just repeat without really thinking about what they're saying. So, like, proximal refers to, like, your axial skeleton, which refers to, like, your rib cage, your pelvis, and your spine. Distal refers to your limbs, your appendicular skeleton, so, like, your arms, your legs. And the idea that people want to talk about is that the more stability you have at the ribcage, at the pelvis, at the spine, the more mobility becomes available at the limbs. Which really ain't the case, right? No. Because? Well, because the way your proximal skeleton moves... Use like, the words. Be very fancy. Okay, so the way you essentially move like your spine and your ribcage, it will affect how you can move your arms and your legs. And if your, spine, if your spine and your ribcage are super rigid and you can't move them in a proper range of motion, then you're probably going to have a messed up range of motion in your shoulders and hips. Yeah, because like where your arm goes is going to be limited by first your shoulder socket. But then beyond the shoulder socket, it's like if you want to move around further, you're going to move your shoulder blade in relation to the ribcage. Then if you want to move that further, you can move your ribcage in relation to your spine. And ultimately, like if you're limited in the range of motion that your ribcage has access to, your arm ain't going to be able to go very far just because it's going to have this like rigid block that is attached to that's limiting where it can go. So it's like if we are so hyper fixated on not moving our torsos, we're not going to be able to move our limbs very well. And it's like same thing goes with the pelvis. It's like your range at your leg is going to be dictated by your pelvic position. And it's like the better you can move your pelvis, the better you're going to be able to move your leg. And it's like obviously during the power lifts, we are going to be biased towards having a static position in the ribcage and pelvis because we don't want force leaks. 
but we also need to be able to put a rib cage in the pelvis in a position that is most efficient for actually moving the barbell. Cough, cough, meana, and their little cheeky bench charge. Hey, now. Then, like, even if you look at, like, every good sumo puller and, like, their ability to drastically extend and, like, arch their upper back into the pull to get into that, like, yeah. cheeky sumo position, it's like that is proximal mobility creating distal expression of force. So it's like, if we want to actually be good powerlifters, it's like, we don't want to be bricks. We want to be able to access positions and move our skeletons and move our bodies to put us in the most efficient positions possible so that we can actually express force. So it's like, if we want to be able to express distal mobility, we need proximal mobility, but it's like, we need to control the mobility. We just don't want to be like mm -hmm. little shitty ragdolls, because if we're little shitty ragdolls, we're just going to ragdoll around and not be able to do much. So, rant over. Nice. Anyways, Miata's back. She went and stirred her ground turkey. I did. I'm a hungry girl. So, I just got back from a workout. Yeah, she trained. How was your training session? Uh, it was decent. It's like a, a pivot week or like a light week before I start training for my meet and wraps. So, just did some light feet up bench and then did some bodybuilder stuff. Some bodybuilder some stuff? Some squeezy exercises. Yeah. Like I did some, I did Arnold press, I did bicep curls, I did rear delt flies, and just focused on squeezing the muscle. And I actually went quite light on everything, but it was really nice to just kind of like, I don't know, get some blood flow, squeeze the muscle, and then get in and out. But like, speaking of people who train like pussies, everyone would agree here that Miana's jacked, right? For a girl? Yeah. Not even jacked for a girl. For a girl. She's oh. jacked for an 18-year-old boy. Okay, <laughs> Sure. Man, you guys would be, like, very upset if you saw her train. You make it seem like I train like such a pussy, but, like, I feel like I train harder than the majority of the people in our gym. I'm trying to make the podcast exciting for the listeners. <sighs> Got a yet to do that. Okay. But, any hoodle. Like, I don't train like a pussy. A little bit. Here, here and there. But, like, if you watch me at his training, again, like, with your accessories, she's not moving a ton of weight. But it's, like, because she doesn't have to to get the desired intent. Like, what? Like she's so good at doing the squeezy squeeze that she doesn't need to... But the thing is, is, like, when I'm looking at it, it looks boring. Yes. Because, like, she's not, it's not four plates and a barbell, and she's not, like, turning purple, and, like, her face, like, you know, she doesn't have, like, veins bulging out of, like, everything in her, like, neck and forehead. But, like, it's done with such an intent that she uses the muscles she's actually trying to use, so she doesn't have to, like, hit a blood pressure PR to hit, and, uh, like, a... PR, PR. Yeah. She's hitting a muscle tension PR, not a yeah. global system PR. Absolutely. And that's just something to take home, guys. So like, what are your accessories? Don't be a pussy, but have intent. Yes. So, I think that should be a decent wrap point. Absolutely. And I'm going to get my meal in, eat some ground turkey and rice. So, <laughs> share the shit with your friends. This was the best podcast ever. Was ever it? Done. I think so. I think last week's was really good. This yeah. week actually might rival it. Yeah. We this week was pretty good. So, follow us. Share this. Tell us if you have any non-constructive criticism because I'm going to move to fight you. Yes. Bye. <laughs>